0: We are in a book of the Bible called Mark, so if you have a Bible, please open there. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay, it's going to appear on the screen behind me. Um, This morning, you know what, we're just investigating who Jesus is, but we're just going to dive straight in this morning. So, Mark chapter 1, and we're reading from verse 40. Let's read together. And a leper came to him, that's Jesus, Imploring him and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Okay, so, leprosy! (laughs) Leprosy. Leprosy. It's not just something we we really in Ottawa come across all that often, is it? Because we live in a a modern society. We have modern medicine and drugs and at this stage cures. I don't know when the last time you came across leprosy or one of those skin diseases in your everyday life. I will tell you the last time I came close-ish to leprosy. Okay, So when I was 16 and I had just started going to the English equivalent of high school... I would walk through this beautiful park to school every day. And in this park, it was just full of squirrels. And the thing that really kind of puzzled me a little bit to begin with was the squirrels were so friendly. The squirrels would just hop right up to you. And what I realised was, oh, I, I see what's going on. People in the past have just been feeding these squirrels. But who does that? Who feeds the squirrels? Who'd, I mean, ducks, that's one thing. Squirrels, that's, an, that's weird. Who would, who would feed squirrels? And then I realised I would feed squirrels. I would be that person. And so this is true. As I started to go to school, I would bring a small bag of nuts with me and just started feeding some squirrels. Because who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want? I mean, listen. No one was around. Like this isn't that. This wasn't like an image thing. Like I just wanted to go into high school with my you know posse of woodland creatures. That wasn't what I was. Start off with a few squirrels, work your way up to a badger or two. That's not what I was thinking. No one was around. But what I found was after just a few weeks, uh, these, these squirrels would come up and they'd eat these nuts from my hands. And I it was great. fed these squirrels. Up until the first time, and to date, the only time I have ever been bitten by a squirrel. So I was feeding the squirrel with this nut, and um, the, the squirrel got a little bit confused between my, my thumb and the nut, and so just punctured right through my thumbnail. That reaction... Absolutely correct. But because I was 16, I was like, oh, that's fine. fine. I won't get rabies or anything. I'll be okay. Well, I didn't realise, and it was only discovered just a few years ago, that in England, the majority of native English squirrels this is a true, carry... Can you guess? Leprosy. So that's, that's, the, that's the closest I've ever come in my comfortable Western modern life to the, that skin disease. And if you were asked that question, you would have to say, I once met this English guy who was once bitten by a leprous squirrel. That's what you would have to say. So but just because we don't, when we come to a story like the one we just read, we don't really know exactly what it means. We don't know what leprosy would have meant to all those people who saw this happen. What that would have meant even for the Jewish people at that time in Galilee. So what I want to do, if I can, is to kind of bring this situation to life just a little bit so we can better understand and feel the drama of the situation. So what I want to do is I want to say, let's imagine together that all of us here... We are the people of Israel, right? We are the Israelite people before Jesus came, right? We're we're set apart from all the other nations in the world to be the the place which is, uh, you know, a people of of purity and holiness and and, uh, cleanliness, clean, we're meant to be clean. So we're the people of Israel. We're the place where, where God's glory and his presence dwells. We're the people of Israel. Will. Get down here. So here we have Will. The Israelite. I'm not a squirrel. You're not a squirrel. You're an Israelite. And one day, will you wake up and guess what you find? Squirrel? Not a squirrel. Everything. I'm afraid that's the case. He wakes up one day and he discovers he has an awful skin problem. And so what he does is he goes to the priest, and I guess I will be the priest. And the priest looks at over and goes, "Yep, yeah, you know, oh, I think I'm sorry. Look at that, that skin is." You have leprosy. And the moment the moment that Will hears he has leprosy, we've got to understand that's like being given a death sentence. Because leprosy in the Bible was a lot of different skin diseases, but it certainly involved the, you know, leprosy as we know it today. And so what would happen, and you know this, you know this, is that leprosy is one of those diseases that just sets in and eats away and rots away. The, the fingers, the, the toes, they will start to just be affected with gangrene. D- d- Will's dashing, roguish features will <laughs> deteriorate. <and be> d- <laughs> they will be disfigured. I'm sorry, the, the ears, the nose, the, the, the gums, the, the, that's very good. You're getting into character now. I like it. Um, the eyes eventually will be blinded. You know, To say that leprosy is a debilitating disease would be to uh, massively understate just the colossal horror of this diagnosis. It's a death sentence. That's what it is. Now the moment the priest confirms to Will that he has leprosy, we, the rest of the Israelites, we know what we need to do with leprosy. Because when, when God gave Moses the law, he included a, a whole section on what we should do with contagious Disgusting skin diseases like leprosy. This is what it said says in Leviticus 13. Let's read this together. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes. Not, not bad. Not a bad word. <laughs> uh, we'll, we won't get the full torn clothes this morning. That's good. Uh, and let the hair of his head hang loose. It slowly go. <laughs> <laughs> could be looser, I suppose. It could be looser. Um, and he shall cover his upper lip. You've got a, a little. Oh, you've shaved. You've shaved the, the mustache a little bit. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, and and he shall cry out. Unclean. A bit louder. Unclean. Oh, come on. you really got to get into it. Unclean. That's good. That's good. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. You've got to be outside the camp. No, I know it's cold outside. You've got to go. And everyone shrinks away. You've got to be shouting unclean as you go, (laughs) Will. He's really into this. And so he's now outside the camp. You know, if it wasn't bad enough... (laughs) I am enjoying this so much more than I thought I would. Um, if it wasn't bad to discover that Will has you know, a death sentence that is leprosy, now we see yet more. He's just trying to distract me at this stage. Now we see yet more awful consequences. I mean, first of all, there's the obvious one. He's outside, he's living away from the Israelite people. You notice that Holly didn't go out and join her husband. No, he's outside there alone with no friends, no family. But then there's also another aspect to to the pain of this situation, which is, you know, there's also the shame. And the humiliation, because if we are are the Israelites, we are God's people, God's chosen people, the people people who um, the glory of God dwells, and now Will is shut outside of all of that. He's unable, like he did before, to be able to come in and worship with his brothers and sisters, to enjoy the presence of God, to offer sacrifices. Really, I mean, Will goes from being Will, the Israelite, to being Will, the leper. Will becomes unclean, not just in front of all of us, but also unclean before God. This is a serious situation. So in this story that we've just read, this leper comes to Jesus in Galilee. You know, that's already shocking, so surprising, how astonishing that this leprous individual has come back in to try and he's heard that someone is going around healing people. And as much as Oh no! Is, is this true? Is there someone who can heal me? He, he just thinks this is a glimmer of hope. Maybe this leper had been living with this death sentence for decades, and just thinks well, I've got to, I've got to go. I've got to come back in uh, and see what what I can. Even if it meant for him to walk all the way through Galilee... Did you get cold? <laughs> a little bit cold. We'll need you in a second, Will. Um, so, you know, he's had to go through all of Galilee, shouting out, unclean, unclean, whenever he sees somebody. And, and reminded himself all these, the, the hate filled fear-filled stares of people in Galilee, just knowing he's not going to be there. He's unclean but the leper still comes and here's why because the leper knows what else is in Leviticus because there's this whole section we're not going to read the whole of it but there's this section where um, God in the law says here's what happens what should happen if a miraculous healing takes place and essentially what happens let's say well see I would have if you just waited you would be back inside but you're like no I'm coming back in so Will you, good news you've had some, some miraculous healing. Great. great, fantastic so what he does is he comes back in and, and the priest then goes to the leper and over the course of about 8 days kind of looks him over and makes sure has the leprosy really gone and then if it has part of the sacrifices that would be offered would be, there's this kind of um, flowery herb called hyssop and this, they they bring this hyssop, this flowery herb and they would sacrifice it, and burn it and then they look at Will or look at the leper and say you are now clean You'd be pronounced clean, and you would be. Hooray! And everyone said, hooray. hooray! That was pretty good, actually. I um, <laughs> wasn't expecting that. You're into this. I like it. Um, and so you would be clean. And you can now uh, rejoin the people of Israel. Yeah. Round of applause for Will. <laughs> Will the Israelite. There he is. So here's the parallel between that man... And the rest of us. Because in this story, you know, the, the leper comes to Jesus and he's not yet clean. One thing the Bible as a whole makes itself very clear about, again and again, all the way through, is that actually, without God doing something, we are all unclean before God. You know, for the person with leprosy, you know, if Will had actually come in this morning leprous, I, we would have been able to tell. Because it's, it's, it's in, in that sense, it's skin deep, it's superficial. You can you can see the problem. But the Bible again and again talks about a kind of uncleanliness that's actually much deeper, much more serious. You know, just like Will the leper being outside of... God's presence, outside of the acceptance of God. It's our sin against God that makes us unclean, that prevents us from coming to him. And listen, I've done this sort of talk enough times to know that there are two groups of people listening to me in this room. And they will hear me say, our sin makes us unclean before God. And I know that there's one group of people who are thinking, does it? Does it? Does, am, I, am I really unclean? Am I really, am I really sinful? Is that really Am I unclean before God? I don't know if I feel that way. And then there's another group of people who would say, yes, I, I have known what it has been like to be unclean, to be unclean before God, to have my sin between me and God. I know that feeling. I have known it very well. What's going on there? What is the difference between those two groups of people? Well I'd say that there's um, I'd say it's actually based on what sort of comparison you're making and who you're comparing yourself to because if I were to start comparing myself to some you know other people you know hey maybe I'm not mother teresa but I, hey I'm not hitler right some of you are going, you're definitely not Mother Teresa. You're definitely not Mother Teresa. But like, like maybe, maybe I would start comparing myself, you know, maybe I'm not as good as you, uh, but I'm definitely better than all of you lots over there. And I could end up feeling very good about myself. The, the example I like to give of this sort of thing is it's a bit like sheep. And, and comparing sheep to, to the grass that they're, they're standing on. So here's a picture of a sheep. Look at that sheep, glorious, white, pure and clean, not like oh, look at that disgusting grass. It's green. It's not white at all. That what a what a glorious, pure, holy, clean sheep that is. Pure as the driven snow, which is a stupid phrase to apply to sheep, because it like back in England, I just where I used to live, I used to look up at the the rolling South Downs, my homeland, and I look up, and on the, in, in the fields there'll be loads and loads of sheep all over the place, you'd see them really, really clear against the green grass. But then when it snowed. The, the, the sheep did not go invisible in fact, you know, pure as the driven snow you take a look at those sheep and you go oh, oh, that's, that's, not a, that's not a white sheep at all it's just, they start to look against the purity the real cleanliness and pure, clean snow, white snow they just start to look a little, little bit brown Oh, a little bit yellowy and a little... Actually, it disgusting. <laughs> Sorry, sheep, but it's, it's true. And, and so, the comparison... Yeah, you you may compare yourself to, to me and think, actually, you know what? I'm a pretty good, clean, holy, righteous, Person, but that's not the comparison that the Bible wants us to make. It's just not the comparison. The comparison is not between you and other people, it's between you and God. It's between me and God. And listen, I don't care who you are this morning. You don't don't tell me that you come off looking good in that comparison. Between the perfect, pure, holy God who's never thought or said or done anything wrong, and compare him to me who has thought and said and done many wrong things. It's just, I start to look very, very unclean indeed. It's something that the, the Bible says over and over again. I'm just going to pick one place so we can see it. This is Isaiah 64. It says the following. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Like, look at this word, like all. We have all. Are you part of all? yes you are yes there was nothing there it was just a blank slate for a lot of people yes you're part of all and you know so we're all unclean and not only that it says our oh, righteous deeds are like a polluted garment oh, right. it's not your unrighteous deeds it's your unrighteous deeds your righteous deeds the fact that on your very best day the day where Matt and are just like oh yeah I've nailed it so holy today so righteous today and actually on that on the very best day it's like I'm stood there in my polluted garments in my filthy disgusting rags what do we do with this? if that's us on our best day the best day you could possibly have and that's the situation we've all become unclean what do we do with our uncleanliness? what do we do with our sinfulness? Well, there's this man in the Old Testament. He's called David. He was king of Israel. And there's this moment in his life, some of you will know this story, where he has been caught out in the worst sin, it seems. like He has, he has slept with a woman who is, uh, who is married to somebody else. And in order to cover up what it is that he's done, he has that man who the woman's married to killed. And he's caught out. And the whole of Israel know it. Know what he's done. It was not hidden for long. And in the Psalms, uh, David, he, he writes this, this song, this, this, um, this prayer. And this is what he says. He says this. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Purge me with hyssop, do you remember the hyssop right when when will came back in when the leper came back in, and in order to pronounce the leper clean, the, the, the priest would sacrifice that flowery herb, would would set fire to it, and it would be like a, a sign. You are now clean. And David, he feels his uncleanliness. He knows his sinfulness. And so he comes, comes to God and says, I'm desperate, God. I need your hyssop. I need your cleaning, your washing. I'm the only thing that you can do... I, I can't clean myself up. I can't go back and fix what I've done. Who among us can do that? But God, if you clean me, if you don't clean me, I will never be clean. I will be unclean the rest of my days and deserving of judgment. But if you clean me, if you clean me, then I will be so clean. I will be whiter than snow. I will be clean. Not, even if you wash me, God, I will be as clean as God himself. That is something that only God can do. David knew that his problem was so big, so deep, so serious, that only God could do the washing that was required. The leper knew that he needed to go for Jesus for his cleaning. Now, there's a sense, isn't there, that just in the way that the leper comes to Jesus, he, it's almost as if he doesn't exactly know what he's going to get. He says, If you will, you can make me clean. You can make me clean, but I don't know if you will. I don't know if that's gonna happen. He knows he's not just gonna roll up and go, Oi, son of God, come on, hurry up with this cleaning, alright? This has been he knows he can't just go and demand something from God. He says, I know you can make me clean, but if you will, if you will. You know, Christians, can't we end up praying like that sometimes when it when it comes to things like sickness or, or healing, we go, oh, does, if if you will, God, does he want, does he really want to heal? Well, hang on, we know more than the leper does at this stage. We know, we know more than even David does. We know how this story with Jesus ends. We know it ends with Jesus hanging on a cross, dying there to defeat sin, and also to defeat all the consequences of sin, all the all the sicknesses, all the diseases, all the injuries, all the infirmities. That's, that's why he comes to die. So we, we've got to, we, when we pray for, for, for healing and for sickness to go, let, let's not doubt how God truly feels about sickness. He views them as an enemy that he came to defeat, even to die for. Let's not doubt how God feels. This man, the leper, he's about to discover exactly how Jesus wills. You know, he says, "If you will," and it's it's almost as 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 if Jesus reacts strongly to those words and just fires back. You know, "If you will, I will be clean." It's just there's it it provokes something in him. You know, Jesus. He reaches out and he touches this leprous man with, with such compassion that it just must have been shocking. And what i just reading a few commentators on this verse—it's hilarious because I just love all these academics who are writing uh, about you know the, what it really says in the Greek, and as they get frustrated with the English language because the English English language just doesn't do what the English language needs to to do here. You know, it says that Jesus was moved with pity. I don't know what you think of, you know. If I were to to look at Rich in a pitying way, the expression on my face might be one of... You know, a slight, slight sigh, a slight shrug of the shoulders and a shake of the head, you know, pity. And actually, that's not at all what is actually going on here. Jesus doesn't go, oh, well, I guess, that's, I, guess I should do something. That's not what's going on here. You know, The, the, the Greek literally is Jesus was deeply moved even to his bowels. In the the very deepest place, Jesus feels compassion for this man. It's as if Jesus looks at this man and feels the man's pain as if it were his own. He he feels this kind of righteous indignation at the state of things, the state of the things for the man, the state of the world. He just feels consumed with, with compassion for this man who's been suffering for so long. And so Jesus reaches out and he touches this man and I I just imagine there must have been a gasp from everyone around just thinking, oh no does this mean that the clean one becomes unclean because, you know, he's walking around and he's shouting out, unclean unclean, Does does this mean that Jesus now becomes unclean when he touches this man, no Because as contagiously unclean as the leper is, it's nothing to the contagiously clean son of God. It's the other way around. He reaches out, touches the man, that man is healed and made clean. And Christians, you need to know that this is what has happened to you. This is what has happened to you. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have... Come to him for the forgiveness that only he can give you, then you have been touched by the contagiously clean God. Right? So just like David went to God to say, I, I need your hyssop. So, so God has given you the, the hyssop and the cleaning, the washing, that only he can give. You know, just like after this story, um, the leper was told by Jesus, go go to the priest, go to the priest, uh, and be pronounced clean, Not just like Moses said. No, Christians, know that you have also gone to, as Hebrews says, the great high priest. And the great high priest, Jesus, has pronounced you clean. You who were once dressed in those polluted garments, right, Those the soiled rags, on your very best day, just covered in filth, know that you you are now dressed in the spotless, white robes of Jesus. Because Jesus was the one sent outside the camp. Jesus was the one who who went outside, carrying a cross, carrying that death sentence, sent outside the presence of God, even rejected by God himself. Jesus became the leper for you. He became the unclean one for you. He became as One from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not, as Isaiah says. Jesus became the outsider, the hated one. On the cross, the one who knew no sin became sin for you. The one who knew no uncleanliness became unclean for you. That's the gospel, that's grace. That's what Jesus has done for you and in a few moments we're going to respond in perhaps the best way there is. We're going to come to this table, we're going to take communion together, we're going to worship and sing to God and celebrate all that he's done for us. We haven't deserved it, we didn't clean ourselves up, we didn't work some miracle for ourselves. Yes, my Lord has made himself clean. No, we come to this table only on what Jesus has done. Maybe there's a few here. You know, you've, you've never come to God for this. You've never asked for the forgiveness of sin. You've never experienced this deep cleansing that only Jesus can do. If that is you today 's the day today 's the day we 're going to have as we worship here 's what we 're going to do i 'm um, going to be down here only 's going to join me if you we 're not going to do a kind of a come down to the front now if you would like to you know receive this clean in no we 're just during the worship if you feel you know what I want that today I want that. I might not have all the answers answered but I want to receive what Jesus has done for me I just invite you during the worship just wander over. Grab me, grab only. You know what? We would love to pray for you. Does that sound good? Oh! Let's do that. Okay, so shall we stand? and We're going to uh, worship together and then we're going to take communion.